We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. Hi, my name is Chris Wilson, and you're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life with today's expert. Hey, if you want the free Why Stretching Won't Make You Flexible report, then just text STRETCH to 345-345. That's STRETCH, S-T-R-E-T-C-H, to 345-345, and you'll get a text from me asking for your email. Then you'll get the free report sent to your email inbox. And if you're not in the U.S. or Canada, then you can grab the free report at criticalbench.com forward slash stretching. Let's dive in. Your body's hidden hunger hormone that can make fat loss nearly impossible. Coach Chris Wilson interviews strength coach Ryan Stanley. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Coach Chris Wilson from criticalbench.com, and I am delighted, and I'm not joking, I'm delighted to have with me on the line today. And Ryan, please, if you will, I want to get your last name right. Is it Fanley? <laughs> it, very close. It's Fanley. So like Stanley. Fanley. Yeah. Okay. So Fanley. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. It's, Ger- so, it's German, so there's a lot of funny letters in there. Okay. All right. Well, hey, it's cool and it's unique. And no, very, I've never seen that name before ever. So that that's right away distinguishes you <laughs> from everyone. So this is Ryan Fanley on the line with me today. He's a, uh, a certified strength and conditioning specialist, but that just scratches the surface. Uh, he has trained athletes in different sports at all levels, high school to professional, for over 20 years. He's worked with NFL Super Bowl champions as well as just the ordinary uh, Joe Average and, and Suzy Q. He, he's, he's, he's worked with them all, so the, the spectrum. Uh, and he's traveled the globe. He's lectured uh, to trainers and to coaches about strength and conditioning and body composition, just just a bit a bit of everything. But I want him to go a little bit deeper. So, first of all, welcome Ryan to the call. Uh, I'm very happy to be talking with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to dive in. People that know me know that I am extremely passionate about all things strength, conditioning, health, fitness, nutrition supplementation so i'm i'm ready to 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 get into it yeah i mean in your you know you read your bio and his bio is like i mean i just had like a few sentences his bio is like two pages i'm like god jeez it makes me sound as if i've never stepped foot in a gym and worked with somebody in my life when i read your bio um and anyone with that kind of background experience obviously can be intimidating uh of course but and because you make it sound as if the fitness and health world it just comes easy to you, that's natural. It's a it's a it's a perfect fit. But is has is that always been the case for you? Oh man, it's funny you ask that because that's not even remotely close to being the case. <laughs> um, I grew up with a very loving mother um, who showed her love and demonstrated her love with junk food. Um, so every day I had access to McDonald's. I could drink as much pop as I wanted. 
Now, to be fair, we also had, you know, she also made a lot of vegetables and she did make some healthy dishes, uh, but I really was not restricted at all. And so um, I grew up kind of a chubby kid, and, and I wanted to say kind of. I was a fat kid, plain and simple, no PC about it. Um, and I got picked on. I got teased. I was bad at sports. And eventually I decided I wanted to do something about it. So I began exercising. Now, my exercise originally um, uh, came from um, trying to improve my sport performance for basketball. That was the love of my life was basketball. I really wanted to be good at it. I had dreams of playing in the NBA. And while that didn't work out, it started me down my career path um, of being a strength coach and now a consultant. And so uh, but no, the, the health and fitness does not come naturally. Even as a strength coach, I still battled uh, weight issues, you know, especially when I was in my big uh, earlier prime of being strong. You know, I listened to all the power lifters. Who cares what your body fat is as long as you have a massive bench press? Um, and so I was still super fat. And so then it got to a point um, where I'd had enough. I was 292 pounds, 292, um, not lean at all. And I kind of looked like I didn't belong in the industry of the gym. Even though I was strong, I felt like I didn't belong. So that started me getting on to kind of crazy dieting, like really hard, hardcore. You know, I was tough. I was in the military, so I felt mentally I could do um, a lot of tough things. So I started doing some hard dieting. Well, eventually that led to like some binge eating issues. And if I'm honest with you, I mean, this is something I still battle to this day. It's like once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic type thing. Yeah. If you hadn't had a, even if you haven't had a drink in 30 years, it's the same thing for me. I, I control it and I manage it very well. But, man, if, if something goes wrong and I slip, I could be, you know, three boxes deep in cereal looking for answers at the bottom of a cereal bowl, you know. So, uh it, yeah, it has not always come easy to me. So I have to work my tail off for everything I've ever done. Uh, but that is one thing that I can tell you no one does more than me, and that's work hard to continue my craft, to learn. I read every day. I educate myself. I, I uh, practice it with my clients and and uh, and myself. So that's it's definitely not been natural, but it's it's my love. So I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah. Wow. That's it. You know, and that's where I think most most experts come out of. They come out of real experience. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you know they. And, and that's where that passion comes from too, you know. And if if you're if you're educated about something and passionate about something, you know, because you've you've lived it, you know, you've experienced it. I mean, that's just that just drives uh, obviously your your success and your your ability to reach people. You know, no one no wants doubt. to work with somebody who uh, you know is going to help them if they've never struggled with with something maybe themselves. So, what is it then about like hunger? In, uh, in particular, that completely sucks every bit of willpower from us. It, like, obviously, it's probably the dro- one number one driving force why most people fail at any kind of diet. It's just the hunger overwhelms. Yes. It is absolutely. But, but w- why is that? Well, first of all, I want to give you a little background just so kind of you can understand the hunger connection. So, what I started noticing, both in myself and in clients. Um, clients would have rapid fat loss, so they would have a goal, they would do a diet to achieve a goal, and uh, and then after the goal, once they achieved whatever they set out to achieve, maybe it was a better beach body or a certain percentage body fat, it was almost like the fat just piled on faster than it came off. 
And what I noticed, I started taking notes, and it, it occurred in all fast fat loss diets. So whether it was ketogenic diet, a high-carb diet, a cyclical diet, an Atkins diet, a Zones diet, whatever it was, it happened in all of them. And the common thread or the common theme that I found with it was post-goal hunger. So after they achieved their goal, they literally would eat their results away. They could not stop eating. They were always starving. And I knew there had to be a connection, so I started kind of researching it. And what I came upon, um, which any scientist or physiologist is going to know, is uh, two hormones, leptin and ghrelin, which are basically your hunger and appetite hormones. They're peptide hormones. They're secreted at different parts in the body, leptin primarily by fat cells and ghrelin primarily by your stomach. Leptin actually decreases your appetite. So leptin is the hormone that lets you know that you're full, and ghrelin actually increases your appetite. So leptin is contained in body fat. So if you have a high amount of body fat, you've got a lot of leptin. You have a lot of the chemical that tells you to stop eating. But here's the problem. Here's the kicker. Over time, with poor eating habits, poor lifestyle habits, stress, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, you can become resistant to leptin. So basically what happens, your body begins to ignore the signal that you've had enough to eat. Ghrelin is secreted when your stomach is empty, and what it does, it gets highest just before a meal to cue you to eat, and then it decreases sharply after you eat, okay? Here's the other kicker, though. It's secreted also in stressful situations, so that's why we stress eat, right? We, we, yeah. binge, on candy, we can binge on candy bars, and we binge on potato chips when we're really stressed because that hormone is secreted during stressful times. Now, these hormones, everyone's like, ah, man, this sucks, ghrelin, I'm always hungry, leptin, blah, blah, blah. They're a built-in survival mechanism. You don't want to completely get rid of their function because they're built to keep us alive. Your body wants right. to stay exactly as you are because it doesn't know if you're just trying to lose five pounds or if you're starving on a desert island. So these things are regulatory hormones um, to keep you alive and healthy. So here is the thing. Weight loss that is too rapid, happens too fast, causes a massive surge in ghrelin levels. So it makes you super hungry. Well, super hungry, suppressing that requires willpower. And as you mentioned, willpower, is, I mean, it's, it's something we have to overcome. Willpower is kind of like a battery, right? So it only lasts for so long. And then when the yeah. battery runs out, you're in a situation where your body, ghrelin is high, so your body is telling you to eat everything in sight, you've lost your willpower, and now you're eating, and the weight comes piling back on. So, um, you know, kind of, this is a scenario I see all too often. Somebody has high body fat levels, bad eating habits, they don't exercise. So the body is constantly telling them that they're hungry, and any possible signal that they have that indicates that they're full is being ignored by the brain. This is a huge hurdle to get over. So a lot of people will start exercising. What is the first kind of exercise everybody wants to do when it's time to lose body fat, Chris? They want to start doing some cardio. Cardio, aerobic exercise. You want to know what the <laughs> of that is? Aerobic <laughs> exercise increases ghrelin, so it makes you even more hungry. So now you have this person whose, whose brain is ignoring the fact that they're full. Their stomach is secreting chemicals to the brain that's telling them that they're starving, and now they're doing exercise that makes them even more hungry. This is just a whirlwind, okay? So now they start doing all kinds of cardio because they feel like they have to. They go on a super low-calorie crash diet. Um, and maybe they succeed in losing a bunch of weight really quickly, okay? A lot of people do. 
Because again, they can they can go as long as their willpower lasts. Now, yeah. Graylin levels are through the roof because of how they did it. And once the willpower breaks, they're just going to gain crazy amounts of fat. Usually, most often, um, and I'm saying this from personal experience too, usually becoming fatter than they were before they started. And the vicious cycle repeats with fad diet after fad diet. And year after year, people who are genuinely trying to change their bodies are ending up fatter and sicker and just unhappy, depressed. So it's a bad cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's an awful cycle because, as you mentioned, that depression most most often leads to more poor choices in, in, in yes. food. And, and none of us binge eat. I always laugh. Not why can't we just binge eat cauliflower? You know, <laughs> exactly. It's just it's just not it's not satiating enough. You know, it's not satisfying. We when we binge, we we crave high fat or or sugary, you know, uh, things. And, yep. and 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 you're right. I mean, we've all. I went through when I was when you were talking earlier in the call about when you were younger and went through that phase of just being the kind of a heavy kid, I had that for a couple of years and man, it's just such a, uh, it, some of us never escape it. Right. Some of, us, right. some of us just can never get out of that, that funk of, of, you know, poor food choices and, and having just everything is at our fingertips anymore. You know, you walk in the grocery store and you're bombarded with all the bad stuff right when you walk in and, uh, right. you know, oh, yeah. unfortunately, most of us succumb to that. So, um, right, and that's so, the hard part. A lot of the foods that we're eating, Chris, are foods um, that do not signal us that we've had enough to eat. So, and I'll yeah, talk right. about this a little bit, but ghrelin, ghrelin is secreted by um, the lining of the stomach in response to how much food is in the stomach. So if you eat something like vegetables, let's say, which are really full in terms of volume, like a, a huge Let's say you take six cups of spinach. That takes up a lot of space in your stomach, yes. but it's not a lot of calories. Well, ghrelin will um, stop its secretion early because your stomach gets full. If you eat something like uh, chocolate chips, for example, they're very, very tiny, so they don't take up a lot of space, but they're high in calories, so there's no signal that you've had enough to eat. And so that's one of the hardest problems. Um, and, you know, to be clear, the other thing, and, and, and we can talk about this too, is I – Yes, there are foods that are more nutritious for us and offer greater benefits, but one of the most dangerous things that you can do is to start looking at food as good food versus bad food because once you get that mentality in your head, you will feel guilty every time you enjoy something that you like. It's not about never having a food again. It's about finding a way to incorporate it into your plan that still allows you to see success and be sustainable. All right, yeah. we're not talking about we're not talking about bodybuilding contest preparation here. That's a completely different animal. We're talking about helping a healthy, um, a healthy, quote unquote, regular person get in better shape. And to do that, you do not need to completely eliminate your favorite foods. Wow. Yeah, and and it's it's that label that we put on everything, right? The good and the yep. bad. And that immediately leads to our, obviously, the the way we think about things. And we either yep. get happy, you know, we're proud of ourselves when we eat healthy foods and we get, like, mad at ourselves, angry at ourselves, not during, but after we've made a bad choice, especially if we're, we're really trying to, you know, if we have a goal set for ourselves. Right. I had a so, client one time, I had a client one time, 
And, uh, you know, she, we started her off on a really, you know, a pretty strict nutrition plan. She had a lot of body fat to lose. Um, and she was checking in with me and just results kind of weren't happening. And so I asked her, I said, Hey, what's up? I was like, you know, why, in your opinion, why do you think the plan isn't working? She goes, Ryan, she goes, all I can think about are jelly beans. She goes, I love jelly beans. They're my favorite thing. Um, and once, since we started our nutrition plan, I haven't had any, so they're on my mind all the time. So I may make it two days and then I'll cave and eat a whole bag of jelly beans. I said, okay, Mm -hmm. let's do this. I said, how about this on your hardest leg training days, you can have a cup of jelly beans right after your workout. And then on your hardest upper body training days, you can have a half a cup of jelly beans right after your workout. And from that moment on, it was like the fat melted off of her because now there was no restriction in her diet. She could have her favorite food every single day that she trained. Um, There wasn't this desperate feeling of, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to have jelly beans again. We put it at a place in her day where it was going to be most beneficial to her in terms of replenishing the fuel that she just used during her workout. So it's not going to get converted to body fat. It's not going to stop her progress in the least. And, man, it was amazing to watch her change, and she's made the comment to me. She said, it's so liberating to know that I I don't have to feel guilty about this. So it's one of those – it's like you have to take in mind the psychology of the client and and the person as well. If I tell you, Chris, whatever you do in the next 30 seconds, do not think of a pink elephant. What is the first freaking thing you thought of? Pink elephant. No doubt. No doubt. (laughs) So if I tell you – so if I tell you – no cookies, no ice cream, no this ever. That's all that's going to be on your mind, even if you wouldn't have had it in the first place. But since I told yep. you you can't have it, dang it, now you're going to bury your face in an entire half gallon of ice cream. We all have that deep desire to rebel against when someone tells us, don't, never, you can't, right. stop. You know, like when you're a kid, I always say, you know, you cannot go ever go in my room or in that room or in that office or whatever, and what does the kid do? The first chance they get, to, they sneak in to investigate. And, yep. and, and the same thing goes, goes with the food. So, I mean, you've, I, I had a, a, a great question for you, and you already handled it. You already tackled it. Oh, sorry. No, no, but it's good. <laughs> I, it, I mean, you got to it before I could even ask it. It's just about bad habits, and we all have them, whether it's food-based, whether it's uh, exercise-based, but we don't. We can't ever really, uh, uh, with your jelly bean example, we can't stop bad habits because it will eat at us. It will just eat at us. We, most people cannot cold turkey anything. But right. if they have a lifeline to that, if they have their little cup or half cup post-workout on their heart, you know, and, and they're able to at least still enjoy a moderate, a small amount of what, they crave what they think about every day, then they feel like, okay, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I can continue with this. And that's the whole, that the big picture is how, how consistent are you? How, right. how long that, are you willing to commit to something? Three exactly. weeks or three years, you know? What's interesting, I tell, I see people all the time, uh, and they, I've had people make the comment to me, coach, they say, I, I find this really strange. Ever since you've allowed me to eat, whatever it is, jelly beans or pizza or chips or whatever, whatever it is. Um, I'm actually like losing, I'm, I'm getting in shape at a faster level than I was before. And if you think about what's actually going on here, what most people will do 
is they'll crash diet hard for five days of the week, Monday through Friday, man, they're on it, or Monday through Friday afternoon, then Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, they go completely off the wagon and, and actually binge eat. And I've actually done the math on a lot, on a lot of people, and a lot of people will eat so much. So they, they're in this huge calorie deficit Monday through Friday. And then Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, they eat so much that not only do they completely undo the deficit, they actually create a surplus over the course of the week. So what doesn't ma- it doesn't matter day to day what happens. The mat- what matters is what state is your body in week to week, month to month, year to year. And so what ends up happening when we remove those binge eating patterns and we just trickle those their favorite foods in in a reasonable manner, they actually end up finally achieving a calorie deficit for the first time in their lives. And so, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. It's very confusing to them. They're like, so I'm eating this stuff now, but I'm losing weight faster. And it's like, well, yeah, it's because you're not eating it like an like you did before when you were eating, you know, an entire pizza and ice cream and beer. Right. You know, it's right. like all all at once and until you're sick. So it's it, it's 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 the perfect example of all or nothing. You know, it's you know. It, <laughs> and it, we don't operate well with either one of those, and it's right. We 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 must find a happy medium, a compromise, a a way to moderate our intake of whatever it is, you know. And if people are like, okay, so I can eat a salad, I can have a small cup of jelly beans, but then I can still have like a slice of pizza every now and again too, you know. I can, oh, all right, so this is how it, you know. It just can't eat a whole pizza. But you, right, you I, have I had a client too. You know, I had a client. He was actually, um, he was actually preparing for a photo shoot. So this was like, and again, I, I've mentioned before, photo shoot and bodybuilding contest prep is a different animal in its entirety. But this right. guy was prepping for a photo shoot, and he had a family vacation, like literally three weeks out. And for any of you that know what happens in a bodybuilding show, those last really eight to 12 weeks, you're eating like a monk. You you know every gram of every single macronutrient that you're eating every day. And so he was freaking out because he had a family vacation. And, uh, and uh, I was like, all right, look, you're going to take your meal plan and you're going to figure, you're going to take, let's say meal four had, was supposed to be 300 calories and it was supposed to be chicken and brown rice and broccoli, let's say. When you're on vacation, eat whatever your family's eating but just try to approximate 300 calories of that. So in, in essence, like he, you go to a pizza joint, 300 calories is about one slice of pizza. So he's like, man, so he, he did it. Um, you know, he still, we still made sure he hit his protein targets and whatnot, but he was eating pizza. He was eating burgers and whatnot, but he comes back and he didn't lose a single step in his contest prep. And he was like, it's so liberating to know that you can still achieve these results just by moderating your intake again. Thank you for listening and stay strong by design.